When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is World Series time in the baseball world. And uh, so we're going to bring in our champ, uh, head coach Chris Prothrow from EKU Baseball. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank Thank you for having me. Yeah. Now, I know you're a baseball fan. Are you tuning into the World Series? I'm watching it as much as I can. My wife is out of town with work this week, so I've got two little ones running around. So it's either chasing them around or I don't really get to watch what I want to watch on the TV. Yep. Yeah, especially at least when they're the when they're awake, I guess. Yeah. So I'm catching as much of it as I can. So I got to ask you this too: um, no hitters, combined no hitters versus what I would call a real no hitter. Um, obviously, as a coach, if it's your team, you're happy with a combined no hitter. Uh, how do you look at the stat combined no hitter versus a one one pitcher no hitter? Well, it's so hard to do, especially you know these are the two last uh, the two, last two teams playing in the big leagues, you know, the best league on earth, really, uh, that I don't know why there's any need to nitpick it. I mean, a no-hitter is a no-hitter. Obviously, it's going to go down as a combined one or multiple pitchers pitched, and, you know, so it doesn't get attributed to one particular pitcher. Uh, but I, I don't know why it diminishes the accomplishment at all. I saw something, I was, you know, of course, I was on Twitter. It said something about being able to give credit for this one to the catcher because he was the one constant throughout the nine innings calling the game, which I thought was kind of a neat concept. But, yeah, I, I don't think it – like, it doesn't lose its luster for me. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah. I've all, The way that I've said it, I co-host a fantasy baseball show. We've, we've argued about this a lot. But I just say the uh, a combined no-hitter says more about the batters than the pitchers. A one-pitcher one no-hitter says more about the pitcher than the hitters. I don't know if that's true or not. That's the way I've always viewed it. But either way, a successful game. And as a coach, you're always going to be happy if you can uh, just pitch a shutout, let alone a no-hitter. Uh, in any game so far. So you guys have worked hard here through uh, the fall, uh, gotten plenty of activity, work in. We've had some pretty good weather this fall for you guys to be outside and things like that, right? Yeah, it's, there's been no room for complaints for us. I don't think – I'm looking – I'm thinking about it kind of going over into my head right now. I don't think – once we started our little six-week segment, we have 45 days of the fall to be able to – obviously with a, a day off a week per the NCAA guidelines, and, of course, we're following Vince. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think of those, so if that's six weeks, that's 39 days that we practiced. I don't think we lost a day due to the mm -hmm. weather. So, I, I, you know, if we had a natural surface out there, you, you probably would have been gritting your teeth at times. It might have been a little too dry. Uh, but we're fortunate enough that we have, you know, that surface that even if it had rained some, um, we would have been fine. But, no, I, it was never too cold. It got cold at times, but it was never too cold. And then, you know, from a rain perspective, we uh, we dodged quite a few bullets, I think. So it's been – 
now zero rooms for zero room for complaint from a weather perspective yeah and i mean it's it's kind of like every year we're getting closer and closer to normal again finally from the all the covid stuff that happened back a couple of years ago and things like that so having that not only the that stuff working out for you having the weather working out for you that's uh that's something you just never know what you're going to get until you get there each day it seems like it could constantly change so uh let's talk about just briefly last season and then we'll focus the rest of the time on this season um, you know, we talked last year, but uh, I mean, you've got to be just really excited and have some momentum, right? Carrying in from the success from last season. I certainly hope so. We had a good season. Our record was pretty good. We were able to win a share of our our, our division. Uh, you won a division championship. I've got the trophy to prove it sitting here in my office. So it did happen. Um, you know, and we, we've got a bunch of guys back. I think we went from our first year here as a staff. From year one to year two, I think we had 10 returning players from the first year to the second year. And this year we had 30. And mm. so it's a totally different feel. So certainly you hope to, you know, continue on. with. Um, we played long enough. We weren't in a regional, so we didn't get into the true postseason. Uh, so, it, you know, we didn't play as long as we could have, but it felt like kind of showing back up in August after an extended run in our conference tournament. It was almost like we picked up right where we left off. As far as, you know, the comfort level, the, uh, the foundation mm. – being aware of what the expectation is every single day and and just familiar faces it was it was a lot of fun to to have that first team meeting in august and uh and really know you know you get to know people through the recruiting process but you don't truly know them until you're around them for an extended period of time every single day and so we were we were super comfortable with that and super excited to welcome those guys back along with some we feel like at least some talented newcomers as well yeah, I think you mentioned it there, but the idea of you guys are trying to build a certain culture in the program, and when you've got 30 guys back, that helps that process of, as long as those guys bought in the year before, that helps the process of that culture building, kind of de developing exactly what you want your program to be like. Um, so w of the guys that are back, who really helps you carry that culture uh, into this new season with these new guys that are coming in? It's still kind of the same group, of, a core group of people that have been with us now going on year three. When we were in the, you know, we were at the end of the season and we were able to clinch, you know, we were in first place and not know in our division and not knowing if we had clinched a spot in the tournament yet, right? It was just such a weird situation that we found ourselves in. And then we clinched a spot in the tournament, then we clinched a, at least a share of the division championship. You know, we texted those 10 returners and said, you know, if, if it had been, Nine of you guys, I don't think it would have happened. If it had been 11, I'm not sure it would have happened. Like, it was the right group, the right bunch that were back. And and, and of those core group of guys, nine of those 10 are back. Mm -hmm. And then guys like Will King, Santi Peralta, Bryce Travis, Logan Thomason, Charlie Ludwig. You know, I'm sure I'm missing a couple, but those are kind of the core group of guys that have been with us the entire time. And then you've got, you know, the 26 other guys uh, that were with them last year that they're, that, you know, they're just, they're all kind of made of the right stuff. We talked about it a lot at the end of last year and certainly has continued to be true this year is it's one of the most, if not the most unselfish group of guys, I think that all of us have ever been around just as far as they, they're all hungry for, you know, what it is they want on an individual basis. And they work hard at it every single day to try to maximize, you know, what their dreams are of the college baseball experience and what that looks like for them. But they make it a point to make sure that, you know, that doesn't interfere with it. And in fact, really, it, they almost go farther than that is is they're they're trying to help each other do that as well. You know, mm -hmm. they're in it with each other. 
And so I think it's, you know, I signal out those guys just, well, they're special, but they've been here the longest. Um, but every single one of those guys that's back from last year, you can say the same thing about them. They're just, they're really made of the right stuff. They all, whether it's leading by example, leading by words, um, you know, how they're just here, how they show up every single day. It's fun to be around them. And we're all certainly proud to wear the same uniform that those guys wear. Uh, how has recruiting changed with um, the success from last year and a player that's already played in the minors uh, that was on your team last year getting drafted in Will Bryan? And and uh, does that help in recruiting? Do you use that in recruiting? Um, and how much has that changed from, from this offseason from the previous offseasons? It certainly doesn't hurt. You know, you, you need to be able to show signs of, of success. And that first year when we were recruiting, you know, we hit the ground running in October of 2020. You know, I'd been here for a week and then I'm here for three weeks and the rest of the coaches show up. And, you know, you're recruiting on a plan and a vision and you're trying to develop trust and and what that looks like. And you're, you know, I, selling is a is a is a bad way of saying it because you sound like a salesman, but it is it's a presentation of what kind of the future looks like and you don't really have any proof other than where you've been before or what's worked before and how you're using that uh, to be able to, you know, kind of promote that vision. And so, you know, you fast forward another year where there's a, a pretty good turnaround from year one to year two, and we go into a different conference, which has certainly helped. Uh, we go into a situation where our athletic department has improved our facilities uh, uh, immensely. And that starts with Dr. McFadden. And then obviously Matt Roan, our, our director of athletics of making investments across the athletic department, but specifically with baseball that there is uh and, and the university has remained the same and that's very recruitable. It's very, it's a very good sell for us as far as the academics uh, and the campus and the community and all of that, that uh, it has made it, it is never going to make it easier. Recruiting is impossible, but it's made it less difficult. I think to be able to, you know, kind of show there's been some fruition or at least, you know, there, there's a foundation of success here that we're still trying to move forward because I don't think anybody's satisfied. And I'm, I'm speaking myself, but uh, the rest of our coaches, I think our players, I think uh, Matt and, and Corey Neal and Dr. McFadden, I don't, I don't think they're super satisfied either with the level of success that we had last year, which is, which that, that comes with good expectations, you know? Right. So from a recruiting standpoint, we, we, it's the same thing. We got to coach better. We got to play better. We got to recruit better uh, to be able to take that next step. And it's, it didn't hurt, um, but it didn't make it easy either, you know, because we're always going to be recruiting guys that, uh, you know, when we step on the field with anyone in the country, we feel like we have a chance to compete. And so, you know, you're, when you recruit guys like that, they're usually being recruited by somebody else. So it gets super competitive. Sure. Um, I'm looking on the EKU website, seven true freshmen, on the team this year, six of those seven are from the state of Kentucky. We talked about this a little bit last year um, with with the recruiting process and things like that. It's baseball in Kentucky. I moved here, I guess, 11 years ago, 12 years ago, and people take it very seriously in the state of Kentucky. I would have thought basketball was kind of that lead, but baseball is a very serious sport in this state. And uh, so there is talent in this state as well. Um, in that recruiting, because now you're recruiting transfer portal and high school, um, all those kinds of things. And like I said, you're a large portion of your true freshmen, six of the seven are Kentucky kids. So what does that mean about uh, your efforts here in the state? We certainly, we tried right when we got here to make it a point to, 
you know, know who we needed to know as far as from a high school coach's perspective, a travel ball coach's perspective from whether it's prep baseball report or perfect game and, you know, people that have connections in the state. We try to make it a point to get to know those people and, and develop relationships because, let, yes, like you said, uh, Kentucky is a very, very good baseball state. Very proud of it. Sure. You know, if you if you ask the state, someone from the state of California what, about Kentucky, they're going to th- talk about, you know, horse racing and basketball, you know, because yeah. that's the uh, but it's it is it's a baseball state. I people that I had known in Kentucky before I moved here, they would say that consistently. Like, don't you know? Don't just think that it's a basketball state. Like, basketball matters, but baseball does too. And it's such a unique situation. I, I don't know how many sports in the state are like this, and I don't know how many sports in the country are are still doing this. But when you have in the state of Kentucky one true state champion. Uh, it just it tends to mean a little bit more whether you're playing you know single A, five A, or uh, anywhere in between, up upwards or uh, you know above or below that, and you have one state champion. Uh, there's a little bit more pride involved, and 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 certainly competitiveness. And so, the first, you know, when the NCAA removed the I guess the shutdown from a recruiting standpoint, at least off campus, for us in June of 2021, the first event I went to was up the road at, at the school in Lexington. Was a was a was a playoff game between two local high schools, and you know there's three thousand people there, and it was highly you know a very played very well. Uh, there was you know guys committed to go to big schools, small schools, everywhere in between, and then there were underclassmen that were that were talented, and so that reinforced the idea that we we need we need Kentucky high school baseball players in our program. We need the right ones made of the right stuff that have the ability to to step on the field with the other schools in our state that are really, really good and give us a chance to win. Uh, but we need to be doing a good job in the state. And I think in that first recruiting class, which would have been, you know, guys that were seniors during the first, our, our, our rising juniors and seniors in our first, um, in our first recruiting class as a staff here in 2021, uh, I think we've done, we've done a really nice job with it. And those guys have shown up and been, they've been as advertised, which is they can help us and they can still get better, but they will. Um, and so we've got to keep that a thing moving forward. And we certainly, it won't be for lack of effort if we don't. Yeah, definitely. And I think our state produces probably more talent in baseball than any other sport. Um, there's people love basketball and it's always going to be that way. But I think the talent level that we put out in baseball versus basketball versus football uh, is, is high. And I'm impressed by what I've been seeing out of the state as well. Let's talk about your returning guys first, and then we'll get to the new guys. Um, you got several guys. You mentioned it, about 30 guys coming back. A lot of these guys are guys that that performed for you last year or important pieces on this team last year as well. You lose a couple guys, but uh, of these returning guys, how much of that is – I know everybody has to earn their spot and all that kind of stuff, but how much of that is, okay, we've got these areas that we're really comfortable in and – guys that we know and then we've got these spots open i don't expect to give me exact spots that are open but uh or are you a coach that really is traditionally every spot's open come and earn it each year we try not to make decisions about february march april and may and august september and october i I think that uh, probably not the best way to go about your business if you don't have to do that you know Mm. for the conversation that we have with guys like we have nine of our top 10 hitters that were returned from last year which is which is pretty good, right? That's a significant amount of a, of at bats and experience that we have returning. Uh, it guarantees us nothing, and you know, not all nine of those ten performed at a level that either they were capable of or a level that we need them to. They they certainly all can 
and or need to get better. Uh, but the conversation we have with our guys consistently is, yes, every, you know, we, we want competition across the field, you know, at, at every position on every single day to where, it, you know, the game itself and working at it to get better always has your attention. That's number one. And you certainly don't want anybody that's new or a quote unquote newcomer stepping into a situation where they can't see an avenue to play it. You don't want that case ever. Uh, but we do tell them because it's important to be loyal, I think, to the people that have been there with you, is that if if and when there is a time uh, for us to lean or to take into account the guys that have earned stripes in this program, that we will always take that into consideration, always. And I think that's being fair and loyal to the people that have kind of been in the mix with you. And yeah. so, you know, it's you, you kind of try to, as a coach, I think, to be on both sides of it. And that's where – yeah, I may remember saying this. My kick last year was, you know, we try to say that two things can be true at the same time. Like you want to be able to feel good about what you got and what you got coming back, uh, but also leave allow for the possibility that, you know, something new or something different doesn't mean something bad necessarily and that it can make you better. So it's just being fair and honest, I think, on the front end from a recruiting standpoint, that the, every opportunity is it will be given, but nothing will, you know, will be given when it's time to earn it, if, if that makes sense. That, you know, uh, every single one of our guys, I hope, felt like they showed up every single day this fall with a chance to earn what they wanted. Um, and then when it comes time to make, if there's a something that needs to be a deciding factor, it'll be the experience and, and haven't been there before. Um, and so we're excited. You know, you look at a couple of teams last year that I don't need to name uh, that return, you know, may return their entire starting lineup. And after uh, from a good season, kind of similar to what we've done uh, or, or what, you know, what we're with a situation we find ourselves in. And it, and it guarantees you nothing. Mm. It guarantees you nothing. You have to keep getting better. You have to keep moving forward. You cannot be the same. It doesn't mean it has nothing to do with statistics. Like I think, you know, like Will King hit 310 and, and 10 home runs last year. Like that's pretty good from a catcher and he's pretty good defensively. And so to ask him to be better, uh, it's tough sometimes because those statistics are pretty good, and there's so many things that go into earning statistics that are outside your control. But what so what we try to talk to him about is it just don't be the same player that you were here. You know, look find ways to you know pinpoint whether it's weaknesses that need to become strengths, or trying to you know fine tune your strengths to make them even stronger. Whatever that looks like, we try to remove the numbers and the winning and the losing. It's all about the process, just literally to be the best version of each one of these guys as an individual that they can be. And, you know, you, you don't get to lean on last year to be able to do that because it's definitely in the rear view mirror for sure. Yeah. And Will King is a guy I was going to talk about too. I mean, he comes in, he provides leadership. Um, he's, he's a great uh, catcher uh, defensively. Uh, it seems like from what I understand, the conversations I've had with you and with other players, he leads that field really well, does a great job at there at that position. And he comes back with high expectations. And one of the things that, and I think, Last year, I know you all had high expectations coming into the season, um, but everyone there was a lot of skepticism. Um, just you know, what was it? Was it what was the season going to be like? There was going to be really good players. How was it all going to come together? Came together very nicely. This year, the expectation around Richmond is a little different for you guys, at least from what I could see. Now it's a higher expectation from the outside. You already have that on the inside, but uh, having people like Will King 
who I think probably handle those expectations pretty well. Um, and he's not the only one, of course, but having guys like that on the field for you has to give you a little bit of a comfort level knowing, okay, these guys aren't going to fold under the new expectations from the outside, even though I'm sure the expectations from the inside are the same. Uh, but they got to hear it sometimes. I'm sure they hear the outside expectations. Yeah, I would think so. You know, we I think we were picked by every major college baseball publication, so anywhere from 8th to 11th in our league yeah. last year. And I'm not going to say – we certainly didn't bring it up in a team meeting or, or after a practice. We just – we don't do that kind of thing around here. But I'm not naive enough to think that those guys don't, you know, read D1Baseball.com or a collegiate baseball newspaper or whatever. If I'm giving guys plugs, I'm, uh, my bad. But, you know, I, I just I, – these guys, they're paying attention. So – you know, I guess you could say maybe that was something that was used as motivation. But you know what? It probably just pissed them off. I don't know that it motivated them any more than, than these guys were already motivated. You know, I think that's something that, you know, high expectations, whether internally or externally, I, I don't know that it, that it really affects these guys at an individual or group level because of the expectations they truly have for themselves and really how they look at what that expectation looks like. We, we, we don't or at least we try not to, outside of a couple times at the beginning of the fall semester, and we'll probably do it a couple times at the beginning of the spring semester, we really don't try or we really try not to talk about winning and, and losing and, and, and championships and all that outside of the obvious is that we feel like this is a program, both historically and currently, uh, has the opportunity to play for championships. Mm -hmm. We just talk about, you know, like what's Wednesday going to look like, you know, and what's when 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 Wednesday's over? Well, what are we gonna do you know, on Thursday and and try to keep just putting kind of good days together back to back to back to back? And sometimes that means you know Wednesday's good, Thursday's good, Friday stinks, you know. And and being able to come back from that Saturday, I think um, you know that kind of protects you from the weight of expectation. When really, if it, if you're just trying to be your best in a bullpen session, if I'm Will King, and all I care about is I'm catching Luke Reed as a new one of one of our right-handed pitchers that's new. And all I'm worried about for about 15 minutes is being the best I could be for Luke Reed and his bullpen. Then I don't know that I'm worried about what, you know, Vince and the rest of the guys think are, you know, how we're going to finish in the A sun. I don't know if it factors in. Um, and I think that's the best way to do it. Um, and now, of course, that's easier said than done sometimes because when they, get, you know, they get to the apartment and the house or whatever, uh, they're around each other. I certainly hope they're talking about dogpiling. I certainly hope they're talking about getting a championship ring. And I hope that's all a part of, you know, what this is, this, this experience and what they want it to look like for them. But, you know, when they're here or, or when it's work time, I hope they're just really concerned about the work, you know, and then when they leave here, I hope they're not worried about it at all. I hope they're worried about class or relationships or whatever the hell, what, you know, whatever else they've got as long as it's doing the right thing. So, that, I can't think that's kind of how it how you deal with that, uh, but I, I do. So I think we're learning because the biggest jump is not going to be, you know, from twenty one wins to thirty eight wins from year one to year two. That, that's a big one. it is, but that's not the biggest one. The biggest one is okay. One, do it again, uh, but two, I, you know, it's like a question you ask them. Like, were were you happy getting on the bus coming home from Fort Myers when there was another game to be played in the conference tournament? Were you happy the next weekend when? There were 64 teams playing in a regional and you weren't one of them. Like, are we satisfied? And if the answer is no, which I think it's not, I think that's, you know, I don't think any of them are, uh, then, you know, if you're worried about what 
Joe such and such down at the Piggly Wiggly in Richmond is talking about, then you're probably distracted enough to not <laughs> to not want to be where you're truly saying you want to go, if that makes sense. Definitely. Definitely. And uh, we don't have time to go over the whole roster today. And as we get closer to the season, we'll come back on and talk about some things as more things will be uh, figured out and, and ready by that point. But you got guys like Logan, you mentioned Matthew Corlew, Max Williams. Uh, they're all there. I mean, you said 10 of your, nine of your top 10 hitters are back and all that kind of stuff as well. But just in the last couple of minutes we have, I want to go over some of the new guys. Uh, just kind of get from you the feeling that you got. Is there, are there guys that stepped on campus that you have the expectation that this season they're going to give you a lot of innings, whether it's pitching, a lot of at-bats, batting, or, or anything like that? Yeah, we, we signed four freshman pitchers, and I think three of those four, if the season started tomorrow, uh, I feel like three of those four, you could count on seeing them quite a bit, you know, based okay. on how they handled it once they got out there the first time. Uh, that's Chase Alderman from uh, right up the road or down the road or over the road, wherever Moorhead is. <laughs> it's not far, I know that. Uh, Chase Alderman, Nathan Lawson, uh, who basically pitched and hit his team to the state championship game this year. I don't know what the enrollment is at his high school, uh, but it's not very big, and he was able yeah. to help get a chance to play for that state title we were talking about. And Logan Smothers from a, you know from Danville, Kentucky, Danville High School, but you know pretty Coach Morrison. Those guys do a really good job. Uh, they're in the playoffs pretty much every single year. Those three guys are super talented. Uh, they're super like made of the right stuff. Uh, they come from. Uh, they used to say when I was coming up, they used to say they come from good stock. Do they say that still anymore? Um, yeah, the family, you know, yeah. they work at it. Um, they've, they've got a chance to be pretty good. Um, and so those are the, the three freshman pitchers, I would say, you know, they, they they have a chance to make an impact. There's a couple other freshmen in there that are still – and certainly nobody's disappointed in where they're at right now, but it's also – to step on the field at 18, 19 years old with a bunch of 20, 21, 22, and even sometimes 23-year-olds, it can be tough. And so when we, when you know that, it's okay to be patient with those guys. Uh, so there's certainly no disappointments, not to mention those guys, but those three for sure. And then, you know, some new guys, Miguel Ariel, from, he's originally from Venezuela, came to us from a junior college down in Florida. He's a position player that could play all over the field, left-handed hitter, super athletic, has some field to play. Uh, Luke Reed from up the road in Louisville. We signed him from a junior college in Mississippi. He's he's super talented, up to 96 miles an hour, a couple of different breaking balls, uh, but he's never done it at the Division One level. So he knows there's a jump coming for him, and we certainly expect him to do well. So he's he's got a chance to be pretty good. Joe Clancy's a, a right-handed pitcher from a historically great um, junior college at Hartford Community College. They win a bunch of games there. He's got a chance to really help us out of the bullpen. Um you know, there's there, there's quite a few. DJ Booth, left-handed hitting outfielder, we think has a chance to hit in the middle of our order. He certainly swings. He looks like it when he swings. He just needs to make contact and, you know, all the things that go along with that. Um, and so they're, they're DJ Sullivan, Florence Darlington, they play in the World Series almost every year. It's kind of a consistent theme. We, we try to sign some guys that we think are good at baseball that come from winning programs and good coaches. And yeah. that's at the high school level or at the junior college level. I think we've done a good job of it, really just because of what it's like to be around these guys every single day. Uh, and, and, yeah, sure, they're good at baseball too. Um, <laughs> but it, it's the other stuff, you know, because eventually, you know, baseball is hard. Uh, you're going to lose. You might lose more than one in a row. Um, mm. It'll it'll beat you down. And so you better have the right people around you. And certainly from a coaching staff perspective, we do. And And if we missed on one of these guys from a character makeup, you know, work ethic, you know, that's across the roster. 
Uh, it can't be more than a few, and I don't know who they would be. Um, it's just a pleasure to be around them. And, you know, I got to give uh, these returners, you know, some of these guys have been playing for four or five years now, and it certainly appears that a lot of them, if not all of them, have improved. Um, and it's, you know, you can only hear my voice or our coach's voice so much. You know, they're, they're self-made, you know. Um, so it's been impressive and a lot of fun to see that. So it's, uh, it's a good crew, you know. We could yeah. go over. 56. And if we have a podcast at the end of the year, you know, when I'm boxing up my office, um, I'll tell you the same thing. It's a, it's a, it's an unbelievable crew. I, I find it highly unlikely that we're not successful this spring because of the people that make up our roster and the rest of our staff and all of that stuff. So uh, I think cautiously optimistic. I probably said the same thing to you last November. We're cautiously optimistic. Um, our schedule will do us no favors. Our conference does us no favors and baseball does you no favors. Uh, but we'll take our chances with this group, that's for sure. The conference schedule is out March 17th, the first conference game against Bellarmine. That's going to be at home. Um, your non-conference stuff, your early spring stuff, things like that, uh, that's not posted on the website yet. Uh, but I'm sure you got a trip a trip planned somewhere warmer and things yeah. coming up. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I can give you the, you know, the, the bird's eye view of it if you want. We're going to go down sure. to Alabama for a tournament opening weekend, University of Alabama, Birmingham. We'll play South Alabama twice, and then we'll play Northwestern State University, a, a good Division I uh, Southland Conference school from Louisiana. Uh, we've got uh, UNC Asheville and Presbyterian coming here for a weekend series in a non-conference. We go to Western Carolina, which should be a good three-game road series before conference plays. Uh, conference play starts. And then, you know, some midweeks, we, you know, the usual suspects, Marshall, uh, Moorhead, I'm trying to think who else, Dayton, kind of, you know, typically regional Cincinnati comes here this okay. spring. And then it'll be fun. We're not in divisions anymore in our conference. So there'll be some, there'll be some of the usual suspects like Bellarmine will be here for three. Lipscomb will be here for three. Uh, we go to North Alabama and then we've got some schools that may never have been here before. That's a Kevin Britton question, but North Florida Liberty comes here for three. Florida Gulf coast comes for three. Um, so it should be fun. We go to Kennesaw for three. It's a, uh, it's a real schedule. It's a real schedule. So we'll have our hands. That's for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Coach, that's all the time I've got today, but uh, I'm excited about what's ahead and looking forward to the warmer weather spring and the crack of the bat again, uh, brand new scoreboard coming to the field. And I know the field's been busy. I've been coming over for some basketball practices and seeing people. I know there's been some high school things out there, but uh, some of you guys out there working as well. And so it's neat to hear those sounds just walking around in the early fall still uh, it's fun to hear that that out there and see the activity. But, uh, you know, we said it last year, but congrats on the success last year. I know you're not leaning on that, but good luck moving forward. And thank you for taking time to chat with us. And uh, we really do appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. And hopefully uh, we'll do it again sometime. And, yeah, come see us play. It'll, it should be fun.